welcome to the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast, a podcast on all things Marvel and the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirl S. I'm Hulk Steve. <laughs> and I'm Mischievous Day. Today we're talking about episode two of season one of She-Hulk Attorney at Law, titled Superhuman Law, written by Jessica Gao, John Lusama, and directed by Kat Cairo. Oh my goodness. Now I wanted to say I forgot something last week. That last week's was written by the person who did Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty. Right. Which is one of the few episodes that I've actually watched of Rick and Morty, which is hilarious. And I'm like, okay, so if we get Pickle Rick writing, I think we're going to be really going in the right direction. I'm just saying. Right. Because it's so stupid and funny. But anyway, let's talk about initial reactions for this episode. Steve, what did you think of episode two of She-Hulk? Another fun episode. I enjoyed it a lot. It was great to see the ups and downs of uh, (laughs) Jennifer having to deal with doing the right thing and still losing her job. That was, she was getting depressed because she got rejected just one right after the other. And then having to deal with family. Oh my God. I thought her and Banner were good together. This family is something else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dave, what kind of reaction did you have to episode two? Yeah, I actually liked it more than last week's. I really didn't like the, the Hulk fight. You know, like, oh, really, a Hulk fight? Makes you wonder what these, those two are really think about each other. Anyway, I know we're not, <laughs> if we were rating it, I would give it four out of five meaningless n- namastays. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was short. It was sweet. Everyone, I think it was intelligent, too. Even though there wasn't big time action or anything, at least it had more of a flow to it to me. It's just better narrative. I definitely enjoyed this one. I just thought it was funny. And like you said, with the family dinner, oh my gosh, awkward family dinner, big surprise. Some of the stuff just going on in general, I liked. And I loved how, and I know, again, just girl perspective, I guess, how she's like, at the one point, you know, none of these yahoos had to deal with, oh, you know, yes, we're putting you here because of your face more than your credentials. And I'm like, oh, I like that they keep throwing that in there, which I'm sure is going to bring thousands of tears from those. Oh, it's not how it is, fanboys. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's something else that they're starting to notice is, yeah, they're getting IMDb's getting a ton of one star reviews complaining about woke and all this other stuff. It's just like, come on, IMDb, you need to tighten up your uh, yeah, better filter. I'm filter. guessing that they haven't like read anything or, you know, looked around the world. Oh, no. Uh, that's so great. Steve, why don't you take us into the amazing, detailed episode recap? Yeah, I think Disney Plus is starting to pick up sci-fi habits here. <laughs> Jen is hired at a prestigious law firm, but must practice as She-Hulk and rep a complicated client. So detailed. <laughs> maybe, maybe they know they're getting ripped off all the time. <laughs> I'll fix that and put something really short and sweet in there. Boo. Anyway, according to news reports, this super strong green woman in court identified as Deputy District Attorney Jennifer Walter turned out to be Chick-Hulk. Scratch that. She turned into a She-Hulk. Remember how Jen's cousin Bruce Banner said you can't pick the name the public gives you? Well, Jen is learning that firsthand and cannot believe She-Hulk is what everyone is going with. Lady Hulk? Girl Hulk? Outside the legal ease bar? Get it? Jen's best <laughs> friend and paralegal Nikki Ramos stands with her as they listen to the chants of She-Hulk deep inside. After coaxing, Jen transforms into She-Hulk and enters the bar to screams and tears of excitement. But for Jen, this name better not stick. Yeah, okay. Right. Again, <laughs> you can't pick it, so I guess lean nope. into it. 
Dennis, one of Jen's colleagues, comes over and immediately starts to question her whole She-Hulk shtick. I wanted to slap him. I don't know about you guys. It's like, Absolutely. Well, I would transfer into my green cell first, then slap him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right through the wall. <laughs> You're like, dude, how did you even become a Hulk? Was it nepotism? What? Really? <laughs> this isn't like getting hired for a job, dude. Come on. But Nikki doesn't care, though, and she's super excited that people at the bar are buying them drinks because Jen's now a superhero. And the little dude's like, oh, there's a hot chick. I'm going to go talk to it. It's like, what? Yeah. When he said oh. it, I'm like, oh, please smack him, Jennifer. Yes. <laughs> However, that, of course, is the last thing Jen did. And being a superhero is the last thing she ever wanted. She didn't go to law school and rack up. Hey, everyone, listen to this. A ton of debt. Six figure debt. Just for this to happen. Yeah, everything's expensive. She went to a really good law school, though, for six-figure debt. Yes. But then again, it could just be the interest. Yes. Check out, we, check out we know what how student that works loan interest now. is. Yeah. <laughs> During the excitement, Jen's boss comes over to talk to her, and since this is a serious matter, he asks her to go back to regular Jen, which would be fine, except Jen's feeling, well, the different metabolism as soon as she <laughs> goes back to regular Jen and tries to sit down and whoop, falls off that stool. She has a little bit of slurred speech and rambling. This is what's important. The opposing team in court, GLK and H, thought it was unfair that Jen saved the entire jury, so obviously they were biased in her favor, and the whole thing was declared a mistrial. Yeah, okay, so should she have let them just get hit? What the heck? Right. Bleed out all over the court? <laughs> right. But apparently this is too much for the DA's office, which unfortunately has to let her go. She hulks a liability to the DA's office. Now, excuse me, is it legal to be fired off the clock when you've been drinking like i, I don't no. know if that's like <laughs> even a thing and a lawyer doing it tisk tisk but time for a montage jen applies to every legal job under the sun and is rejected by all of them and you see that she's going from higher prestige to smaller firms by the background right, now, right. i just want to ask because we know a certain somebody is going to be in this if we thought that law firm was going to pop up because i did yeah, I kind of had a little bit of a expectation that it would, too. That would be a great... <laughs> Maybe great. we're just not there yet. Right. Soon. Yeah, soon. <laughs> <laughs> no one is prepared to hire her knowing that she's a Hulk. Needless to say, Jen is pretty upset about this whole thing and starts thinking about a completely different career, like being a Swiss mascot, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Making matters worse, it's time for a family dinner at the parents' house. Yeah, that's not home? even an internal groan. That's just a nice loud groan I think everybody had when she got that oh, text. Oh, yeah. She begs Nikki to go with her, and <laughs> she's got a date. I thought they were real. She lied about that. She really yes, absolutely. She <laughs> knows Jen's parents. Arriving home, Jen's greeted by her parents, Elaine and Morris. And don't worry, Morris already told everyone that Jen was fired, so she doesn't have to explain it to everyone, and no one is going to bring it up. Except for Chad, who immediately mentions that she was fired. God, he's such a jerk. Yes, I thought you said to mention it. What? <laughs> yeah, what? Additionally, her mom is handing out Jen's phone number to random people on the street because they want to become superheroes, too. I was dying with the first, <laughs> don't set me up with anybody. And then like, yes. oh, no, 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 he wants to be a superhero. He just needs some information. Yeah. Wait, he's what? too young for you. <laughs> oh, my God, stop. <laughs> Maybe Jen can help them. Sensing she's overwhelmed, Morris pulls Jen aside to check in on her. 
He reminds her that she's not the first Hulk in the family. And besides, she didn't destroy a city, Bruce. So everything's not that bad. Things always could be worse. Jen tries to see his optimism, but it is not easy. It doesn't feel like a weight has been lifted, but like there's a new weight, she tells her dad. Over at Legalese, Jen is trying to fall on a budget when Mr. Holloway from GLK&H arrives. Cutting right to the chase, he offers her a job. Is this a joke? No, it's not. Yeah, he doesn't Holloway. look like that kind of guy who would be joking around. No, he doesn't. He never does. <laughs> yeah. Holloway wants Jen to head up a new division, and she doesn't even think twice about it. Yes, her only condition is that she wants to hire her own paralegal. Of course, Nikki's got to be there. Well, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, I think some more questions should have been asked first. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we don't know the time frame that this could have been longer than just a couple days. Right. So I can understand, I guess. Yeah, yep, yep. I'll take the job. Okay. Bills are coming due. Student loans are due. They're not going to wait. Automatically assigned it, at least subconsciously, as a Friday. She had two days off and then Monday morning showed up. I guess that's how my my mind works. Speaking of Monday morning, Jen shows up at the offices and greeted by Holloway in the lobby. He's thrilled she's there and they just started a brand new superhuman law division and Jen's going to be the face of it. Actually, She-Hulk is going to be the face of it. Holloway wants Jen to show up to the office and and court as She-Hulk, and he wants her to start right now. This is why they hire me? Okay, this sucks, Jen tells us. I'm totally qualified, but now everyone around here is going to think this is the only reason I got the job. Hey, at least she gets a super cushy corner office and finds Nikki waiting inside. <laughs> that is a plus. Nikki immediately questions the She-Hulk look, but she doesn't care. She looks at the corner office, look at the big windows, stock fridge. Look at that desk. It's a very fancy desk, Jen, but Jen isn't sold on this. She doesn't want to come to work as She-Hulk, and now she has to buy an entirely new wardrobe. There's a knock on her office door. A colleague, Augustus Pug, Pugilese, enters the, with a welcome basket for her. He's straight from the comics, too, I believe. He he included office supplies and also the best places to poop in the office. Very important. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go here. Go here. Now, as for Jen's first client, Holloway has a bombshell for her. She's going to take on Emil Blonsky. Yep, that guy. Abomination. Remember him? Jen immediately raises a red flag, explaining way back when Emil tried to kill Bruce, but Holloway doesn't care. Emil has already signed a conflict waiver and wants Jen to do it. I like how he just waves her off. Man, it's he's an arrogant boss. Oh, my God. I'm like, she's going to smash him. Yeah. I want to know, though, if that, that guy, Pug, is part of the superhuman law division. Yes. Does he have a power? I doubt it. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just wondering, because, like, I've never read She-Hulk, but I thought it was just kind of funny with the whole thing. He and I a, thought it was... He is a character in the comics. I don't think he has okay, so he might just be, like, not side character, but, like, support. I got it. I got it. Not superhero support, but that's a whole other Disney show. Anyway, uh, I did like the whole map, though. That was just kind of funny, and how yeah. both of them are like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, how do you respond to that? But yes boss the boss pisses me off and i did have to say i liked that the way she was wearing her clothes them being very loose i guess worked out for when she turns into she hulk right so i'm like okay i don't know if that was a conscious effort yes (laughs) i think it's kind of hard to probably find office clothes though in spandex (laughs) so there's that but so off to the department of damage control supermax prison facility Jen shows up at She-Hulk and is quickly informed that there's no superpowers allowed inside. So she transforms back. Now, this is where I think there might have been a continuity error or she stopped and shopped on her way there because she was wearing Hulk-sized heels. 
right. when she walked up. And then when she's walking in, she has gen size heels. So, I mean, I guess she could, could have stopped and picked some up and had her other heels in her bag. But I thought that was kind of weird that it's like, wait, I noticed it because there was specifically the sounds of heel clicking, which is why I caught it. Thought it was weird. Maybe it's just me. Well, it does sound like a swing and a miss. I don't know if it's a continuity error, but uh, I guess it's something they're just going to gloss over. Right. You know? Maybe the shoes are spandex. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I don't think this show heals that way. Toes burst out of the next pair. Yeah. (laughs) She'll just wear open toed for the rest of the show. That's what it is. So they get to go down some scary, dark, and heavily guarded areas that Jen is escorted finally to Emil's location. And somebody's going to have to explain to me those laser things. Because, yeah, I was like, what's she supposed to go through? Is this like Resident Evil? Is she going (laughs) to. Be cut? No. What, what is that? Anyway. I think if you they, don't have the right path, password or whatever or are allowed to go through there, it's usually allowed in advance to uh, go through. But anyone that isn't allowed is just like a cage or whatever. Or they just right. cut, cut you into tiny little squares. Or a what? newfangled metal detector. Oh, <laughs> all very interesting. I'm still going to think it's going to chop her into little bits. But they have pulled out every stop to keep Emil completely locked away and Jen emotionally prepared for the worst with her snide humor. That apparently they don't really like down there, but whatever. Instead, what she finds is someone who loves to wear sandals and meditate. And he was wearing Crocs. Come on. <laughs> Crocs are comfy. They're recovery shoes. Anyway, he's completely transformed himself physically and spiritually. Namaste, Emil. Yeah, okay. But let's talk business. Emil knows that he tried to kill the Hulk once upon a time and explains it wasn't personal. He blames his super soldier serum was in full-on rampage mode when he went through Brooklyn. And of course, this is definitely news to Jen, which I felt that was the moment she had a little spark, like, wait, the government gave you super soldier serum? Right. I'm like, all right, she's already planning the defense or whatever she needs. Yep. Even though Emil is clearly upset about what he did, was he clearly upset? Was he? <laughs> no. The parole board needs to know that he's a changed man. Is he changed through and through, or is it just on the surface? This is for them to even consider release. Emil just wants to live in peace and live on a large property purchased for him by his seven soulmates that he met through the prison pen pal program. We How romantic? Them. Yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, <laughs> That feel, is going to be something else. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like we're going to get some bad guys that were you know, his soulmates. Yeah. But back at home, Jen ponders what to do. So she calls up Bruce, who is still in Hulk form. Jen rambles on about not being sure what she wants to take on a meal and wants to know if Bruce is okay with it, which I love that whole rambling. Yes, she would not (laughs) stop talking. (laughs) Because she couldn't do it without talking to him first, because Bruce is always saying everyone deserves a second chance. And, you know, Emil does seem like he was reformed. And you keep cutting back the Hulk. (laughs) And finally cutting her off, Bruce is A-okay with this and even got a nice letter and a haiku from Emil a while back. And besides, their fight was so many years ago. And Bruce is a completely different person now. Literally. Yeah. Like, I totally felt like he was going to break the fourth wall. Yes. And, like, <laughs> just do, like, a side view to the camera. But Jen does at that point. When she's like, ha. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when that happened, I was trying to figure out, I'm like, wait, was that the first Hulk movie or the second one? Because I couldn't remember. First. First one. I'm surprised they got him back, though, for it. Everything. They get everybody back. I know, it's like so crazy. They're like, heck yeah, I want to be in the MCU now officially. Back up a uh, dump truck full of money. So, yeah, I'll do it. Yep. <laughs> How many minutes? <laughs> Ten. Ten minutes of your time. You got it. 
Now, any chance we'll see Bruce in L.A. anytime soon for the next family dinner? Uh, not likely. He's currently in space. I love how the <laughs> when the ship goes to warp, it cuts the call off. <laughs> Jean goes, yeah. kind of looks at the phone like, yeah. What the hell? (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't tell her. No, I'm taking care of that thing that we were dealing with or, you know, something a little bit more. Right. Well, he did tell her that he, yeah, had to go find out what that was all about. So So I'm guessing that's why he's going to be not on the rest of the season or at least most of the season. Right. So Jen calls Holloway and formally accepts the offer to take on Emil's cake. Good news. And that's followed by bad news as Holloway tells Jen to turn on the TV, which she does, to see the top story of the night is all about how Emil escaped prison to fight Wong in Xiling's <laughs> Fight Club. The hell? Turning to us, Jen, de- Jen deadpans. Oh, that sucks. Now, you know what Jen's super strength is good for? Chores around the house. First, it's holding the car up while it's being repaired. Then it's remounting the TV on the wall and then carrying in about half a dozen bottles of water. She's really happy her dad is staying hydrated, but this might be too much. I could have totally used She-Hulk to put my TV up because that thing was very difficult to do. (laughs) Yeah, instant jack. Right. And I'm kind of interested to find out who leaked, and I'm saying that in quotes because, you know, it was done on purpose, leaked the fight club. Right. Yeah. But I love it. It's like pulling the threads. Like I said, they always find a way to pull those little threads all the way through. Yes, they do. <laughs> no, I'm looking at IMDb right now, and they, I don't know if Bruce Banner, Smart Hulk, is going to disappear. He gets credits for nine episodes, but then again, Titania got credits for all the episodes, too. And what they just re- reference her in this path, they didn't even show her. I'm like, right. So, she so, was not in the episode. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, so, yeah. I, go ahead. She was in the very beginning, like the recap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe I, that's why. Uh, yeah. yeah the yeah, county, previously I on She-Hulk for yeah, nine episodes. Everything gets counted now. All right. Speaking of pulling threads, that sounds like Easter eggs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So She-Hulk features the return of KPVK Action News. That was a mouthful. Episode 2 opens with a news broadcast from several Bay Area news channels, including KPVK, Action News, and KZYO. This isn't the first time these news channels have appeared on the MCU. They are seen covering Scott Lang's actions as Giant Man in Ant-Man and the Wasp. It seems Jennifer Walters can blame KZYO for giving her the superhero name She-Hulk, and she considers annoying. She considers it an annoying derivative. Good luck changing that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So she does give up job hunting to browsing in it, and the ads on the side of the page are amusing Easter eggs. First up, there's the rather on-the-nose reference to Iron Man 3 sneakers, and complete with an arc reactor pattern. I'd probably get some. It's possible these are licensed by Stark Industries. Got to make your money somehow. Episode 2 features a surprising nod to Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, with another of those ads referring to a man with metal claws who participated in a barroom brawl. I did not pay attention to the side. I was looking at the main part she was looking at. Yeah, you got (laughs) See it all. That's why I'm going to have to pause constantly. Yeah, you do. Pain in the neck. (laughs) (laughs) This is how Wolverine made his debut in Fox's X-Men films. And Mel will indicate the Knuckle head is already out there in the MCU. It is interesting to note that this is in line with scenes from Daredevil Season 3, arguably canon due to Charlie Cox's MCU return as Matt Murdock. This included a a subtle cameo from Dr. Oyama, key figure in the Wolverine comic book origin, the man who figured out how to bond 
and a medium to Boone. Have we heard that that what's the name of the actor that does uh, Wolverine? Oh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Jackman. Is, is he ever going to come back? I, I thought he swore it off forever. I thought it was rumors that he might, but that we have somebody else that might actually take his place if they're going to bring him in again. They're going to have to. I don't know. It's really hard to, to wrap my head around it, but I guess right, if, yeah. if you're going to finally yeah. bring in the mutants, they don't have to bring in all of the all ones the that they've had. No, of course not. Although Patrick Stewart, I think, is you know, well, he's already been brought in. Yep. Right, yeah. And Sir, Sir Pat Stew was on. Excuse uh, me. <laughs> Sir. Sir. Yes. Sir Pat Stew. He was on Instagram just recently with his dog playing, what was it? <laughs> There's a song, and the dog keeps jumping up in his face trying to kiss him, and he's there. <laughs> but you can tell that guy works out. What is he, 80 or something like yes. that? Oh, well, he works out. He's in shape. Anyway. Side note. <laughs> <laughs> Side note. A final She-Hulk Easter egg on that webpage offers much-needed structure to the MCU's Phase 4 with a link to an article asking why there's a giant statue of a man sticking out of the ocean. <laughs> this is a clear reference to the emergence of the time at the end of the, the Eternals with the giant celestial tearing his way out of the Earth's core before being turned to stone by Cersei. It is a hilariously matter-of-fact way of describing a potentially world-ending event, suggesting that the MCU has become far too comfortable with the strange and unfamiliar. Well, that is typical MCU, though. Yes, it is. <laughs> if we if we lived in that world, that would be our world. Yes, yeah, so yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, okay, See, weird stuff's happening again. Yep, this is the only the second time the Eternals have been referenced in the rest of the MCU, and it seems to confirm the film's ending with a few months after the Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. She Hulk begins with Shang Chi's post credits, where Bruce Banner's arm was still in a sling. What's the other thing that happened recently? People were pissed about. I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> what are oh, people oh, mad about? Fill in the blank. Mad about they didn't spot the other. He was just on. I'll get it. Don't worry. Keep, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, the family dinner features a couple of amusing Easter eggs as well. The reference to Yosef is probably a deep cut nod to the helper, minor elemental who decided to become a superhero. Yusuf Abbas was caught up in the superhero civil war, triggering by the passing of the comic book version of the Sokovia Accord. Later in the conversation, Jennifer Walters' family recall Hulk's destroying a city in the Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, you know, by Jennifer- the way, the, uh, they were complaining that uh, there's no Moon Knight. In the right, yeah. Credits. I wonder if they did that because they're, they're mad at the actor. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. I don't know. He he got him pretty good when he was on vacation or wherever he was doing over in Egypt. Of course, we're taping season two. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. So Jennifer Walters winds up working for a law firm called GLKNA, a name familiar to any comic book readers. The firm's full name is Goodman, Lieber, Kurtzberg, and Holloway, named after the four partners who established it years ago. In the comics, one of the founders began specializing in superhuman law to aid his would-be supervillain granddaughter. I would like to see a supervillain granddaughter. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool, too. In an amusing meta note, GLKNA frequently called Marvel Comics as legal president. There is a subtle nod to this because covers of Marvel Comics can be seen framed on the walls around the building. What? Cheese yeah. and rice. Now I'm going to have to watch it a third time. <laughs> So She-Hulk is tasked with seeing Emil Blonsky, a.k.a. the Abomination. This involves a visit to the Department of Damage Control's Supermax prison last seen in Miss Marvel. Presumably, the Abomination is kept in a higher security wing, given the clandestines escaped with Eve. They just didn't get him to there. 
Yeah, they were taking him through tunnels and whatever. That's a whole other story. Yeah, right. And more Easter eggs. We have Jennifer Walters getting in contact with her cousin again in She-Hulk episode two, checking if he's okay with her representing Abomination. Hulk is fine with it, although he may be a little less so when he hears the arguments in court. Well, maybe he won't be around for it. Right. However, in the entertaining touch, Hulk insists that he was a completely different person back when he fought Abomination because he really was. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> I was laughing about it because I'm like, oh, that's so funny. Okay, maybe not everybody gets it. Because back then, Bruce Banner was played by Ed Norton, not Mark Ruffalo. And continuing with the Planet Hulk setup, which I find interesting, we have the accident that turned Jennifer into She-Hulk. This was precipitated by an unexpected arrival of the Sakarian spaceship, though Jennifer Walters doesn't know it, her cousin is actually taking her cell call while on the ship in episode two presumably headed to sakar some viewers will likely be frustrated that an exciting story is being told in the background of she hulk attorney at law rather than in the main narrative now maybe we're gonna get that with the next hulk movie which i'm assuming is coming somewhere and finally Jennifer Walters' job as Emil Blonsky's attorney is made more difficult when footage breaks of his participation in the underground fight club that we've seen in Shang-Chi. Presumably, it's taken some time for the footage to circulate, given Bruce Banner's injured arm means Shang-Chi's post-credits must have taken place before the accident that created She-Hulk. It will be amusing to see how Abomination explains this away in the next episode of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. I'm assuming we're going to get Wong, because we'd seen Wong in the previews. Right. So I'm assuming he'll be like, listen, listen. It's like, I think we're going to have to have Shang-Chi come in, or his sister, I should say, so she can explain it. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to explain it. Because, yeah. Should be interesting. <laughs> yes, it will. Yeah. This is, <laughs> I love where this is going so far. It's giving us enough breadcrumbs to get excited about future MCU stuff. And there's still no telling which way we're going in this series yet, just yet. Right. Is Abomination going to be the whole storyline or just a couple episodes and then Tiana or what? So <laughs> I mean, that was weird because why would they have Titania come in and like she's only there for one episode? It's like, what? Right. Yeah. And the only and reason for she just... was there was oh. for a traffic ticket. Yeah. She was yeah, yeah. for it. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. I'm not going to pay that ticket. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you see she was on Twitter? I guess it was Twitter or the actress. Going around L.A. They were filming her going around right, L.A. Right, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And a spray painting over all the She-Hulk uh, posters, etc. Yeah, putting oh, her I picture over. That. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go look <laughs> yeah. at That's awesome. All right. Well, once again, our friend Fred from the Netherlands has jumped on board with She-Hulk, like I knew he would because of Tatiana mm-hmm. Maslany, and <laughs> has provided his feedback for episode two. So let's take a listen. Hello, Steve, Dave, and Sean, and all listeners to the Van Gogh Zone. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Season 1, Episode 2. I have to say, I find these drawings uh, at the end credit really fantastic. But now we also saw in the opening scenes uh, some of these drawings in court. And I found that a little bit over the top. But then I thought that also here in the Netherlands, it's sometimes prohibited to take photographs in a courtroom. And perhaps this is also like that in the US. 
So we have these legal artists that draw the criminals, let's say. That is then allowed. How is that in the US, actually? So if that's true for you as well, then I understand these drawings popping up in the news. And I thought she was a lawyer. But now we heard that she is a assistant district attorney. So working for the state. But perhaps that's just a language thing and that's the difference between an attorney and a lawyer. And I just didn't get that. Another question is, she can't find a job at any law firm, etc. But can she be a, like Matt Murdoch, having her own law firm or office? Actually, I expected that she would do something like that and start a, a company, a firm doing that. So defending superheroes. But now the idea came from one of these big lawyer firms. I found that a little weak. The interaction at her parents' house was, of course, quite, well, predictable, a little funny. Give some background. Just wondered if that aunt and uncle that were there, they were the parents of this Chad, I think. But not of Bruce, probably. Of course, this whole setting with the family becomes a little more funny when you see the post-credit scene as well. It seems not to be a case of the week series, it's probably more serialized. Also, when you see the whole thing with the abomination, Emil Blonsky, looking forward to what is going to happen there. I will give this episode a 7 on IMDb, whereas I gave a 9 last week. Of course, a little less action, a little less funny, some dull stuff in it, and it's only 23 minutes or something like that. Okay, that was all for now. Greetings. All the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Well, Fred, I have a response for the difference between a lawyer and an attorney. So if you graduated from law school and passed the bar exam and you're now a, a member of the State Bar Association, because that's how it happens out here in the States, then you are an attorney. But if you've been educated in the field of law, but you have not yet passed bar exam, you're a lawyer. So you're a lawyer before you're an attorney. Right. And there's no taking photographs in the courtroom. So No, there's not. I thought it was a good, uh, well, an interesting idea that she would form her own firm. I think that doesn't happen at all in the comics, but it was a good idea. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'd yeah, love I to agree. see her and Murdoch team up. Oh, that'd be awesome. That <laughs> <laughs> would. Did he? Avocados at law. Did, what he, did he say which part was weak? Was, uh, was right, I'm not sure he was re- referring to the predictable family scene. or Right, yeah. He, he thought that was weak? Yeah, I think he did. Oh. Okay. A little well, too yeah. predictable. Yeah, okay. But he said at, with the tag scene at the end, it made it a little bit better. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he only lo- dropped a, a couple of points. So He was still higher than IMDb. Oh, I yeah. Am- well, that's because of all those one-star ratings. The yeah. haters are pumping so- in there like crazy because it's some <sighs> huge amount. It's like almost 30 40%. I'm sure oh, my gosh. Did it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I it think just keeps getting worse from... Because it was, let's see, I think Moon Knight was something like 14% of them. And then Miss Marvel jumped up to 30 and now she hulks in the 40s. And it's just like, I'm sure glad that's not the only platform for ratings because you guys yeah. are just screwing everything up. <laughs> right? Oh, it's, uh, this is, this is can't why we relate. Can't blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, come on. Come on. It's mm-hmm. fake. Get yeah, over it. <laughs> season Ugh. anyway yeah. <laughs> well we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m eastern every friday during the season <laughs> you can send your feedback via email or audio to contact us at vancurlzone.com
com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast with good ratings and reviews that help other fans of the show find us as there are plenty of other Marvel podcasts out there. Yeah, but none of them paint themselves green like we do. Yes. <laughs> Tell your friends, and I hope you're enjoying our podcast, and don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. You can go to www.fangirlzone and check out all of the ways to get a hold of us on our contacts page. And please bear with us. Our site did crash. We are rebuilding it. But the contacts page is still working very well. And the podcast page is still working. So you can find all of the various podcasts that we have, such as the Mudhorn Clan cast. You know, you might enjoy that if you're a Star Wars fan. Or the Captain's Chair, if you're a Star Trek fan. Just throwing those out there. So, for this episode of the Marvelous Post-Blip Podcast... I'm Hulk Steve. No, <laughs> he's too much young for you. No, he wants to be a superhero, so I told him my daughter was a superhero. <laughs> I'm Sean fangirl and okay, I guess I will find some stretchy suits to wear. I don't know. But now I want to buy some spandex shoes. <laughs> I'm sure they're out there. Yep. <laughs> and this is Mischievous Dave, and I've always wanted to know what it was like to have sex with a green person. I like to say I'm agnostic. Kidding. I'd totally be into it. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone.